Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. You know, the Bible warns that there is going to be a great deception that is going to come upon the face of the earth. And it's one of the things that Jesus talked about. And we're going to talk about this deception. We're going to talk about how the world is going into deception. But the great thing is you don't have to go into deception. You can see clearly everything that's going to be coming down the pike, and you can see clearly what to do about it. You can see clearly how to follow Jesus, and that's the key. If you do not understand what's coming down the pike, then you will be susceptible to the great deception. And I'll tell you, Jesus warned that this is going to be the greatest end-time issue for the believer. And I want to tell you something. We need to be listening to what Jesus said to do to prepare for what's ahead instead of listening to everybody else. This message and this entire series is available at impactministries.com. Be sure and go back and listen to these. There's a lot of meat in these, and you're going to want to go over these over and over again. Hey, I'm Jim Richards, and I got a free download for you. I want to resolve your confusing questions about the second coming of Jesus. There are so many things that we are confused about that are unclear, and I've got a free message that's going to answer those questions. All right, in today's program, we are going to help you get a, a vaccination, if you will, against the great deception. That's going to come on the whole face of the earth. And I'll tell you what, Jesus taught us. He warned us what to do, how to deal with the deception that's going to come upon the face of the earth. But let me just remind you of a couple important things as we approach this topic. First of all, first and foremost, in almost all of the teaching about the end times or the tribulation or the second coming, it's amazing how few books or series are really based on what Jesus said to do to prepare. Most of it is based on theories and extrapolation and a whirlwind of information that you just can never seem to sort through. So I want you to understand my book, Apocalypse, A Spiritual Guide for the Second Coming, as well as the series that accompanies this program today, are based more on what Jesus said is important because Jesus told us how to prepare for these times. He is our Lord. As a matter of fact, the early church, their commission, and it's our commission too, was to go out and to teach people to obey what He taught, not what everybody else taught, not everybody else's interpretation of what He taught. So first and foremost, I want you to understand, we're going to focus more on what Jesus said than what everybody else is saying. Number two, I want you to know that based on Jesus' teaching, you don't have to know all of the details. You don't really have to understand what country is going to invade what country. You don't really have to know where the Antichrist is going to come from. You don't really have to know all of these kinds of things. It's helpful. It's beneficial. And you can know these things. But the real truth is it's very doubtful that it will benefit you any to know any of those things if you don't know and trust what Jesus said to do to prepare for these days that are coming upon the earth. So there's no sense in really getting bogged down in the details until you first deal with the most important, most fundamental things, and that is what Jesus said was going to be important. Now, 
among the things that Jesus taught about the end, you know, Jesus didn't say a lot of things about the end, but the things that he did say, and then plus there's a key theme that's woven all the way through the Bible that we're going to just touch on a little bit today. But the things that Jesus did say about the end, it starts with this warning about this great deception that's going to come on the face of the earth. As a matter of fact, let me read it to you. He says, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. So Jesus warns about all of these things that are really going to come on the face of the earth. But he starts all this out with, you better take heed that nobody deceives you. Because you see, in the midst of calamity, and remember, Lucifer is the father of chaos. He works in chaos. You see this in the governments of the world. The governments of the world use chaos to push laws through. They use chaos to manipulate people. They use fear to force people or to seduce people into giving up their freedoms. And it never changes. The strategy absolutely never changes. So I want you to know that this deception that's coming upon the face of the earth is going to partly be facilitated by all of the chaos. You know, there's going to be people coming, presenting themselves as Jesus. You know, many people do not know this, but in Islam, Islam says that Jesus himself was not really the Messiah. And they're going to have a Messiah come. They call him the Mahdi, or some people call him the Imam. But he's going to come, and he's going to lead Islam in a war against Israel and against all Christianity, and this is already happening. Christians are already being beheaded. This is not something that is to come. This is all over the Middle East. This is happening even in parts of Europe, and you're going to see this happening in the United States. You're going to see this happening all over the world. This stuff is already happening, but ultimately, the Mahdi is going to be the false Christ, the Antichrist, and we know that this being, this person is going to come on the scene, it's going to work miracles, it's going to do all kinds of things, and he's going to say that he was the Jesus of the Bible, and he's going to be the false prophet. And he's going to come out and say, you know what, I'm the Jesus that you read about in the New Testament, but I want you to know, I never said I was the Son of God, you know, and salvation isn't through me. And he's going to point the world to the false Christ. And so, man, there's going to be massive deception with miracles. And then plus, in the middle of this, there's wars and there's rumors of wars. There's all kinds of chaos. And he warns, he says, see to it that you're not troubled. If you get into fear, if you get sucked into the chaos, if you are looking at all of the problems, and unfortunately, so much of the end time teaching is focused on the problems. And even worse, so much of the end time teaching blames God for what's happening in planet earth. I can't tell you how many best-selling books there are out there that will tell you that what is happening 
in the world is God is finally sick of you and he's pouring his wrath out on the world. I want you to understand that is a Luciferian doctrine and that has been the thing that Lucifer has accused God of in heaven. He accused him before the flood. He accused him of this after the flood. He accused him of this in the battle for Israel. He has always accused God of being a tyrant and he accuses God of that today. And this is his greatest tool is to bring chaos and destruction in the world through his followers and then to make us believe that God is the source of our problem. I tell you, it is not God that's causing the wars. The famines, many of them are already here and they're going to get worse. The famines are man-made famines. They are famines that are created by governments to gain control of citizens of the nations, if you will. Now, all of these things that are going to happen, I want you to know they are pretty much man-made. And the problem is they are set to get you into interfere, troubled chaos, so that you will be set up for the great deception of how we're going to solve these problems. Now, I want you to understand that the great deception is something that has been here from the beginning. It's been here all along. And it's going to manifest in the end, prior to the second coming of Jesus, it's going to manifest. And let me say, the second coming of Jesus is the solution. It's not the problem. The second coming of Jesus is Jesus coming just like with the flood. You know, the flood was not just judgment against man. The flood was judgment against men who had leagued themselves with Lucifer and who intended to take over the world for Lucifer. And the only way to preserve salvation for the world was to wipe out the Nephilim and wipe out these ungodly people. And if God had not done that, there would be salvation for no one because the bloodline of Jesus had been lost. And I want you to understand something. Ultimately, after all of the tribulation and war and pestilence and seduction that takes place, Jesus is gonna stand up and say, this is it, I'm coming to rescue my people and you can't have them, you can't kill them, you can't destroy them for I'm their Lord. And he's gonna come and demonstrate who he is as our Lord. But I want you to understand, the thing that gets the world where it is at that time, or the thing that's gotten the world where it is today, is what the Bible calls the mystery of iniquity. Second Thessalonians 2, 7 says, the mystery of iniquity, Paul said, it is already at work. Now. I'm gonna come back in just a few minutes and I'm gonna walk you through how iniquity is gonna play the major role in the great deception. And I'm gonna show you the one and only cure for iniquity. And I'm gonna tell you something, if you don't understand iniquity, and if you're not prepared to take the simple steps that Jesus says that you have to take in order to guard your heart against iniquity, I want you to understand, that you have no defense against the great deception. You have to know what iniquity is, and you have to know how to resist iniquity, how to overcome it. Otherwise, you will be deceived. But I got better hope for you. I'll be back in just a minute. My new HCD series, Apocalypse, A Spiritual Guide to the Second Coming, is going to answer questions that you've probably had your whole life. It's going to bring peace and clarity to you about the second coming. It's going to teach you what Jesus said was important. Now, you know my CD series are always different than the book. So you want to get this. This is going to answer your questions. And we're going to 
Put your focus where it's supposed to be, not on the tribulation, not on the Antichrist, not on everything that's wrong, but on the second coming of Jesus and how you can prepare. All right, we're going to take a look at the one thing that's going to fast track you to the place to be able to guard your heart against the greatest deception that's going to come on the face of the earth. And that is to understand iniquity, understand how iniquity is working in the two main channels through which iniquity is coming. First of all, remember, iniquity began with Lucifer. Iniquity is when a person in an attempt to reject God's morals, values, and standards is when a person twists his word and ultimately reaches his own conclusion about what is good and evil, about what we should do, about what we shouldn't do, defining truth and, like I say, morals and values, standards, ethics, all of these kinds of things, establishing for ourselves what's good for us and what's not good for us and what society needs to do and what society doesn't need to do, you know, all of these kinds of things. So all of this began in heaven, then it was brought to planet earth, and Adam and Eve brought iniquity to planet earth when they became God of their own world, when they decided to determine good and evil for themselves. And so I want you to understand all of the woes that have come on the world have come on the world through people who have rejected God's morals, values, and standards, God's justice, God's judicial system, God's economic system, God's definitions of love, God's definitions of relationship and family, God's definitions of everything. People who reject God's definitions of truth are the people who bring the chaos and the destruction to the world. They may have good intention. They may be good people. They may even be believers, but they can wreak havoc in the world because they replace the truth with a lie. They call good evil and evil good. Anyhow, so to start with Lucifer, we see this in the garden. We see this all throughout history. And I'll tell you, in my book, Apocalypse, I go into incredible detail about understanding the entire history of the world and how all of this played into the history of the world and how our history was shaped by iniquity. Now, Jesus is really interesting. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, he said, look, don't think that I've come to destroy the law or the commandments. Now, we don't know how to relate to the law without being legalists, and so everybody thinks that the law is done away with, even though Jesus said he didn't come to do away with it. He came to fulfill it. So people misdefine that word, say, well, fulfill means to do away. No, it means to bring it to its ultimate goal, bring it to its ultimate intention. And interestingly, in the sermon that Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 5, where he starts out saying that he didn't come to do away with the law, he actually ends that sermon down at the end of Matthew chapter 7, it's all one long sermon where basically he says, people who do not obey him, people who do not obey his teaching are workers of iniquity. And these are the people who he says, look, you don't even know me. I don't even know you. And that's because they did not choose to follow his teachings. They did not choose to connect with him. You know, right now there's a whole movement that says you can't follow Jesus' teachings. And they think it's some great revelation of grace. It's not a great revelation of grace. It is iniquity. It is the rejection of God's values, morals, and standards. Then Paul warns after that about the mystery of iniquity that has always been at work in the world and that is already at work in the world. And then he goes on to say that the Antichrist, the man who is going to come and uh, ultimately manifest the full iniquity 
evil intentions of Lucifer and planet Earth, the man to whom ten nations in the Middle East are going to give their authority and who is going to attack God's people and try to murder and slaughter God's people all over the world, this man is called the man of iniquity or the man of lawlessness. Now, again, if you don't understand iniquity, then you can't understand the eternal struggle that has gone on from heaven until the return of Jesus, and you will not know how to protect your heart. Now, remember, iniquity, which is a form of sin, and sin is when you don't believe the truth. Sin is when you can't see yourself and experience yourself as God sees and experiences you. See, if you don't see yourself as the way God sees you, then you start rejecting God's morals, values, and standards, and you start creating morals, values, and standards that you're comfortable with because you don't see yourself as righteous. You might call yourself righteous. You might believe in the doctrine of righteousness, but it doesn't mean that you really believe in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus in your heart that transforms your life. Now, the heart is a seed of understanding. You want to understand all iniquity and all sin affects our heart, and our heart is the seed of our understanding. And a heart that's filled with iniquity, the Bible says, it can't find good. In the book of Proverbs, it says a crooked heart. And that word crooked talks about being twisted. And this is talking about iniquity. A crooked heart cannot find good. It cannot find how good God is. It can't find how good God's word is. It doesn't see how God's word is beneficial. And so a crooked heart is always going to reject what God says and going to find something that makes sense to its carnal understanding and it's going to establish good and evil for itself. And Hebrews 3 tells us that any type of sin hardens a heart. So a hardened heart is not sensitive to God. A hardened heart won't recognize the direction of God. A hardened heart has its understanding darkened according to the Scripture. See, a hard heart and a carnal mind go hand in hand. Romans 8, 5 tells us those who live according to the flesh, they got their mind set on the flesh. And it goes on to say that it's death. A carnally minded is death. And to be spiritually minded is peace. So I want you to understand something. Iniquity this thing of saying, I see this on Facebook. I was seeing this the other day. People were talking about a particular issue on Facebook, and they were talking about how that some part of God's Word was no longer relevant. And they said, you know, there's a whole lot of things that God said that we don't do anymore, and things just have to change with the times. No, that is iniquity. You don't understand. When you start rejecting God's Word in light of your humanistic, carnal concepts, you are saying you're more righteous than God. You're saying you're more wise than God. You're saying you're more just than God. When you define love differently than God defines love, then you are saying you are more loving than God. Now, there are two key influences whereby iniquity comes into the world. One is government and the other is religion. And I want you to realize that as governments move away from God's values, morals, and standards, as they move away from God's judicial uh, system, as they move away from God's financial system, as they move away from God's health system, you know, it's just amazing how that most of the diseases that we have right now in the world are, are man-made. And many of the diseases that we have are made by the medical institution because it violates God's wisdom. It violates how God created man. You know, one study says that every five minutes, 
somebody in America dies from taking prescription medication exactly as they're told to take it. Now, are you saying this is the fault of the pharmaceutical companies? I'm saying this is the fault of people who will make money off of the back of your sickness and your suffering and your disease, and all they'll ever offer is to sell you something else for the symptoms that they're going to give you from what they gave you the last time. I'm saying that murderers are running the streets, rapists are running the streets, and they're raping and murdering, and, and they have more justice than a middle American who is just working hard and trying to pay his bills who makes a mistake on his income tax return. I am saying that we live in a nation and in a world that governmentally has rejected God's morals, values, and standards for a humanistic social justice that is not justice at all, that is not fairness at all, and that is corrupting our world and bringing about the chaos that will set people up for deception. People will be so desperate to see peace, so desperate for somebody to deliver them that their eyes are going to be all in the wrong place. But I'm going to tell you something else. Man, we have iniquity flooding the church. You know, we've had liberal denominations for years that have rejected God's morals, values, and standards. I remember the first church I ever pastored had a young couple come to me, and uh, this was back in the 70s, had a young couple come to me, and they were having marriage uh, problems, and they had gone to a, a pastor of a kind of a liberal church, and they were both having affairs, and the pastor asked them, they said, well, do you feel bad about what you're doing? And, and uh, the woman said, well, no, I don't particularly feel bad about it. And he said, well, then it's not sin for you. If you don't feel bad about it, it's not sin. Let me tell you something. Whether you feel bad about it or not, sin still kills you. Whether you call it sin or not, if God called it sin, it's still sin. Nothing has changed. doesn't mean God doesn't love you. doesn't mean that I don't love you doesn't mean that the church shouldn't love you. But I tell you what, if we loved you, we'd be willing to say, you know what? This is what's killing you. This is what's causing your emotional problems. This is what's causing the stress in your life. This is what's causing the conflict in your relationship. And so we have the church now thinking that it's being modernized, thinking that it's got a new revelation of love and it's calling good evil and evil good. It's calling light darkness, and it's taking people into the darkness. And this is exactly what the Apostle John was talking about in the book of 1 John, where Gnosticism came in with this revelation of that is being passed off today through inclusion and universalism and all of these really antichrist doctrines that are being taught and preached in the name of love, in the name of grace, and in the name of you know great personal revelation. Listen, we are living in a day when people are rejecting the Word of God in favor of their own opinions. As a matter of fact, we're living in a day where people are saying, the Holy Spirit is the final authority, so what He reveals to me is what God is saying to the world right now. How egocentric can you be? How crazy, how religious, how out of your mind can you be to say that what the Holy Spirit is showing you is more important than what God said about himself and put in the Word of God, about what God said about how to love one another, how to treat one another, and even how to treat ourselves. How could anybody be that deceived? I'll tell you what, people are, by the thousands, people are eating it up. By the thousands, people are rejecting God's morals, values, and standards and going into deception. And I got news for you. No matter if you call it love, no matter if you call it grace, no matter what you call it, it's still going to harden your heart and it's still going to set you up for deception. Listen, I want you to talk to you about the mentoring moment, what the real solution for this is. I'll be right back. 
If these programs are a blessing and a help to you, we will invite you to join our World Changer family. We are taking the message of God's unconditional love to the entire world, and we are working together to reach one billion people with this gospel. This month, I am releasing my new book, Apocalypse, A Spiritual Guide to the Second Coming. Now, this book is over 300 pages, and I'm going to tell you something. It's not just going to answer questions about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. It's going to resolve your issues about how the world got where it is. Now, there's always in my books and in my CDs, there's always a lot of different information because there's things that are more effective when you're preaching and there's things that are more effective when you're writing. But I want to tell you something. The CD series and the book would be a great pair if you really want to get clear on what's going to be happening in the days to come, what Jesus wants us to do, how he wants us to prepare. And you know something? I want you to be sure and go to my website because we have a special offer for anyone who orders this book. And you're going to love it. You're going to get incredible benefit from it. But I want to tell you something. This is going to put your heart at peace, open your eyes, and you're going to be ready to meet the Lord Jesus. You know, the solution for all of these problems that we face boil down to the Lordship of Jesus. You know, when Jesus left planet Earth, He told the disciples, He said, go to the world and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Now, I want you to understand something. The church is already sliding into this thing where they rejected God's commandments from the Old Testament because they don't understand that all of this is still truth. Now, remember, if God ever changed, then He's no longer God. God did not change from the Old to the New Testament just because we call Him the Old. He did give us a new covenant, but His truth is still the same. The only difference is He showed us that how it should be applied in love. So I want you to understand, you know, today we're getting a message that says the commandments, that's done. You know, we don't do that because if you obey any of the commandments or you value those or you see those as God's wisdom, then you're a legalist. That's not true. God's commandments are still His instruction that teach us how to walk in love. Now, only the Holy Spirit can really make that real from our heart. Only the Holy Spirit can empower us to do that by the grace of God. But the Holy Spirit is still teaching us how to live and walk in the truth that God originally spoke. And so much of the church has rejected the commandments of God. And then there's a big segment of the church today that's rejecting the teachings of Jesus, saying you can't follow the teachings of Jesus because he was a teacher of the law. Well, if you can't follow the teachings of Jesus, then he is not your Lord. And then there's this thing that says, well, the Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit is the one that's teaching us right now. Let me tell you something. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. There is no division in what they say. The Holy Spirit is not going to say anything to you that's different than what Jesus said or what the Father said because they all said the same thing. It was just broken down in ways that we could understand it. It's broken down in ways where we could see how it could be applied in love. You know, it's interesting. The book of Revelation talks about the patience of the saints and the people who will overcome. And it says that they will hold on to the faith of Jesus and the commandments of God. We don't know how to get our head around that without being a legalist. We want to tell you something. We do that by trusting Jesus, walking in love, and allowing the Holy Spirit to make it alive in our hearts. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. 
Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.